propositions 200 to 211 of the elements of theology by proclus translated by thomas taylor this librivox recording is in the public domain recording by geoffrey edwards proposition 200 every period of soul is measured by time the period of other souls indeed is measured by a certain time but that of the first soul since it is measured by time is measured by the whole of time for if all motions have prior and posterior so likewise have periods and on this account they participate of time that also which measures all the periods of souls is time but if indeed there were the same periods of all souls and they were about the same things the time of all would be the same if however the restitutions of different souls are different the periodic time also and which restores to a pristine state is different in different souls that the soul therefore which is primarily measured by time is measured by the whole of time is evident for if time is the measure of all motion that which is primarily moved will entirely participate of time and will be measured by the whole of time for if the whole of time did not measure its first participant it would not measure anything else according to the whole of itself from these things however it is evident that all souls are measured by certain measures which are more partial than the whole of time for if these souls are more partial than the soul which primarily participates of time neither can they adapt their periods to the whole of time the multitude of their restitutions however will be parts of the one period and of the one restitution of things to their pristine state which is effected by the soul that primarily participates of time for a more partial participation pertains to a less power but a more total to a greater power other souls therefore are not naturally adapted to receive the whole temporal measure according to one life because they are allotted an order inferior to that of the soul which is first measured by time proposition two hundred one all divine souls have triple energies some indeed as souls but others as receiving a divine intellect and others as suspended from the gods and they provide indeed for the whole of things as gods but they know all things through an intellectual life and they move bodies through a self-moved hyparxis for because they psychically participate of the natures situated above them and are not simply souls but divine souls and are established according to an order in the psychical extent analogous to the gods they energize not only psychically but also divinely being allotted a deified summit of their essence 
and also because they have an intellectual hypostasis through which they are spread under intellectual essences hence they not only energize divinely but also intellectually the former indeed according to the one which they contain but the latter through an energy established according to intellect a third energy likewise is present with them according to their own hyparxis which is motive indeed of things naturally alter-motive but is vivific of such as possess an adventitious life for this is the proper employment of every soul but such energies as are intellectual and providential they possess according to participation proposition two hundred two all souls attending upon and always following the gods are inferior to divine but are expanded above partial souls for divine souls participating of intellect and deity on which account they are at the same time both intellectual and divine are the leaders of other souls just as the gods also are the leaders of all beings but partial souls are deprived of a suspension from intellect in consequence of not being able to participate proximately of an intellectual essence for they would not fall from intellectual energy if they essentially participated of intellect as has been before demonstrated in proposition one hundred eighty four hence the souls which always follow the gods are of a middle condition receiving indeed a perfect intellect and through this surpassing partial souls yet not being suspended from the divine unities for the intellect which they participate is not divine proposition two hundred three of every psychical multitude divine souls indeed being greater in power than other souls are contracted according to number but those that always follow divine souls have a middle order among all souls both in power and quantity and partial souls indeed are inferior in power to the others but proceed into a greater number for divine souls are more allied to the one on account of their hyparxis being divine but souls of a middle rank through the participation of intellect and those of the last order are essentially dissimilar both to those of the middle and those of the first rank among perpetual natures however those that are nearer to the one are more single in number and are more contracted in multitude than such as are more remote from it but such as are more remote from the one are more multiplied the powers therefore of superior souls are greater and have the same ratio to those of souls in the second rank which the divine has to the intellectual and the intellectual to the psychical peculiarity inferior souls also are more in number for that which is more remote from the one is a greater and that which is nearer to it 
is a less multitude. Proposition 204 Every divine soul is the leader of many souls that always follow the gods, and of a still greater number of such as sometimes receive this order. For if it is a divine soul, it is necessary that it should be allotted an order which is the leader or generator of all things, and which has a primary rank among souls. For in all beings, that which is divine is the leader of wholes. It is likewise requisite that every divine soul should neither alone preside over such souls as perpetually follow the gods, nor over those alone that are sometimes their attendants. For if any divine soul should alone preside over those that sometimes follow the gods, how can there be a contact between these and a divine soul? since they are entirely different from it, and neither proximately participate of intellect, nor much less of the gods. But if it only presides over those that always follow the gods, how is it that the series proceeds as far as to these alone? For thus intellectual natures will be the last, and will be unprolific, and unadapted to perfect and elevate. It is necessary, therefore, that such souls as follow the gods, and energize according to intellect, and which are elevated to intellects more partial than divine intellects, should be primarily suspended from a divine soul. But it is necessary that partial souls, and which through those that are divine as media, participate of intellect and a divine life, should be suspended from a divine soul in the second place. For, through those which always participate of a more excellent condition, those that sometimes only participate of it are perfected. And again, it is necessary that about every divine soul there should be a greater number of those that only sometimes follow, than of those that always attend on the gods. For, the power of the monad always proceeds into multitude according to diminution, being deficient indeed in power, but redundant in multitude. Since every soul also of those that always follow the gods is the leader of a greater multitude of partial souls, imitating in this a divine soul, and elevates a greater number of souls to the primary monad of the whole series. Every divine soul, therefore, is the leader of many souls that always follow the gods, but presides over a still greater number of those that sometimes only receive this order. Proposition 205 Every partial soul has the same ratio to the soul under which it is essentially arranged, as the vehicle of the one to the vehicle of the other. For if the distribution of vehicles to souls is according to nature, it is necessary that the vehicle of every partial soul should have the same ratio to the vehicle of the soul which ranks as a whole, as the essence of the one to the essence of the other. The distribution, however, is according to nature. 
for things which primarily participate are spontaneously conjoined with the natures which they participate if therefore as a divine soul is to a divine body so is a partial soul to a partial body each soul essentially participating if this be the case that which was at first asserted is true that the vehicles of souls have the same ratio to each other as the souls themselves of which they are the vehicles proposition two hundred six every partial soul is able to descend infinitely into generation and to ascend from generation to real being for if it sometimes follows the gods but sometimes falls from an extension to a divine nature and participates of intellect and the privation of intellect it is evident that it is alternatively conversant with generation and the gods for since it is not for an infinite time with the gods it will not for the whole of the following time be conversant with bodies for that which has not a temporal beginning will never have an end and that which never has an end is necessarily without a beginning it remains therefore that every partial soul must make periods of ascents from and of descents into generation and that this must be unceasing through an infinite time every partial soul therefore is able to descend and ascend infinitely and this never ceases to be the case with all of them proposition two hundred seven the vehicle of every partial soul is fabricated by an immovable cause for if it is perpetually and connascently suspended from the soul that uses it being immutable according to essence it is allotted its hypostasis from an immovable cause for everything which is generated from movable causes is essentially changed moreover every soul has a perpetual body which primarily participates of it hence the cause of a partial soul and therefore of its vehicle is immovable and on this account supermundane proposition two hundred eight the vehicle of every partial soul is immaterial essentially indivisible and impassive for if it proceeds from an immovable fabrication and is perpetual it will have an immaterial and impassive hypostasis for such things as are adapted to suffer essentially and to be changed are all of them material and in consequence of subsisting differently at different times are suspended from movable causes hence likewise they receive an all various mutation being moved in conjunction with their principal causes moreover that this vehicle is indivisible is manifest for everything which is divided so far as it is divided is corrupted in consequence of departing from the whole and from its continuity 
if therefore it is essentially immutable and impassive it will be indivisible proposition 209 the vehicle of every partial soul descends indeed with the addition of more material vestments but becomes united to the soul by an ablation of everything material and a recurrence to its proper form analogous to the soul that uses it for this soul indeed descends irrationally assuming irrational lives but it ascends laying aside all the generation-producing powers with which it was invested in its descent and becoming pure returns to the pristine condition of its nature for the vehicle imitates the lives of the souls that use it and they being everywhere moved it is moved in conjunction with them by its circulations likewise it represents the intellections of some souls but the falling of others through their inclination to the realms of generation and the purifications of others through the circumductions which lead to an immaterial nature for because it is vivified by the very essence of souls and is connascent with them it is all variously changed in conjunction with their energies follows them everywhere becomes co-passive with them is restored to its pristine state together with them when they are purified and is elevated when they are elevated and aspires after its own perfection for everything is perfected when it obtains its proper perfection proposition two hundred ten every connascent vehicle of the soul always possesses both the same figure and magnitude but it is seen to be greater and less and of a dissimilar figure through the additions and ablations of other bodies for if it derives its essence from an immovable cause it is evident that both its figure and its magnitude are defined by this cause and each is immutable and invariable moreover at different times it appears to be different as likewise greater and less hence through other bodies added from the material elements and again taken away it exhibits a different appearance both in quantity and form proposition two hundred eleven every partial soul descending into generation descends wholly nor does one part of it remain on high and another part descend for if something pertaining to the soul remained on high in the intelligible world it will always perceive intellectually without transition or transitively but if without transition it will be intellect and not a part of the soul and this partial soul will approximately participate of intellect this however is impossible but if it perceives intellectually with transition from that which always and from that which sometimes energizes intellectually one essence will be formed this however also is impossible for these always differ 
as has been demonstrated to which may be added the absurdity resulting from supposing that the summit of the soul is always perfect and yet does not rule over the other powers and cause them to be perfect every partial soul therefore wholly descends end of proposition two hundred eleven and end of the elements of theology by proclus translated by thomas taylor